Luke chapter 1, 26 through 28. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favorite one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant in the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. And he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in the of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke blessing to God. And fear came on all neighbors. And all these things were, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, How then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him, and his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, 
Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets from the book, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we should be delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve with him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways and to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness, and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. The word of God, let us pray. Most gracious God, Lord, we thank you for this beautiful, amazing recollection of the events that took place in during this wonderful time in which we celebrate. Father, as we look at your words this morning, we pray, Lord, that your spirit would enlighten our hearts and minds, that we could see something very clearly that might have been confusing to us in the past, that we take your beautiful words and we apply them to our lives, that we grow closer to you, and that you are glorified. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we pick up the story in Luke where we left off last week. And you might be wondering why I'm spending this time on John the Baptist, John the Baptizer, as I referred to him last week, during this holiday celebration, because it is a celebration that's all about the birth of Christ. Well, to answer that question, why I'm dealing with John the Baptizer, I think you can look at the Gospels and, and be able to quickly tell that they're so closely intertwined. They relate. And in fact, three of the four Gospels mentioned John the Baptist prior to talking about Jesus and his coming. Here we have it in Luke. We actually have Luke describing the events prior to the birth of Christ with respect to John. John is a very important figure in Christ's ministry. He was leading the way. And we saw that played out in this morning's passage as well. So I, I determined that if three orders of the Bible of the Gospel found it important to lead with John the Baptist, then I was going to find it important to lead with John the Baptist as well. So that's why we spent last week and, and most of this week on John the Baptist. Last time we transition, next week is the old fashioned Christmas, but then we'll be here on Christmas morning. And we'll deal with at that time. So, for the set stage, we know that Zechariah was new. Right? He, was, he was in the temple. He was there making sacrifices to the Lord. Gabriel appeared to him in the temple, told him that he and his wife Elizabeth were going to give birth to a child, and they're pushing 80 years of age at this time. And Zechariah was really didn't believe in age. What did the angel do to Zechariah? He made him new. He could not speak any further. That's where we pick up Zechariah this morning. So then Dr. Luke jumped to the story of Mary. We take that brief transition. The angel tells Zechariah that he and Elizabeth are going to have a child. Zechariah doesn't believe him. He can't talk now. So then we jump to 
Mary's story of Mary. Now, Mary was a, a young lady, and I use the word young, literally young. She was likely a very young teenager, 13, 14 years of age. And that was not uncommon during that time period for young women of that age to become engaged. Luke tells us that Mary was, in fact, a virgin. She had never been touched by a man. Nonetheless, she was betrothed or engaged. Now, we think of engagement in our day and time, and it's a lot different than what the betrothal process or the engagement process was in that day and time. In order to do away or cancel a betrothal, at that time, we actually had to obtain a certificate of divorce. It was a legal proceeding. Now, you just sort of call it quits. Everybody walks away. Whoever gets the ring is determined among the two of you, for the most part. But it was much different back in that time. It was a legal binding process, and they had to actually get a certificate of divorce to call off this engagement or betrothal process. So, for all practical purposes, Mary and Joseph were married. And with the extent that they didn't live together, they didn't have intimate relations with each other, so the marriage would come later, but they were bound together legally. We saw that Joseph was from the lineage of David, and you can track his lineage if you saw his diary in the first chapter of Matthew. It gets a little bit, it gets a little difficult to digest. It's there for that reason. Now, Luke also gives us a lineage in the third chapter of the Gospel of Luke, and many believe, I mean one of them, that Luke's lineage is the lineage of Mary, and Matthew's lineage is the lineage of Joseph. Because if you read the account, Matthew is all about the perspective of Joseph. And if you see this account, Luke's all about the perspective of Mary. So it would stand to reason that whenever they give the lineage, that they come with respect to each one of those. And so we have, we're looking at Mary's perspective this morning. So Gabriel, the messenger angel, the angel of God, appears before Mary. Imagine, we talked about this when we looked at Zechariah being in the temple and the angel appeared to him. You can imagine Mary's astonished. The passage actually says Mary was perplexed, didn't really understand what was going on. She's a very young girl for those of have an angel of God appearing before her, no doubt she would have a difficult time understanding exactly what was going on. I think it's probably safe to all those two here. I mean, 13, 14 year old girl, you've got an angel appearing before you, conversing with you. I think it would be a scary, frightening situation for anybody, much less the girl of her age. As a matter of fact, the angel. Some of the first words out of her mouth, out of the angel's mouth, was, Mary, don't be afraid. Clearly, there was no reason for the angel to say that, and Mary not been afraid Then he tells her that God has found favor with her. That she has been chosen by God for a significant role. Perhaps the most significant role that any female or male has ever participated in in history of mankind. And we pick it up in verse 34. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And you will be great, you will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne 
of Jacob. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of the kingdom there will be no end. So Gabriel tells her that she's going to conceive a son. She's engaged. She's betrothed. So try to put yourself in the mindset of where she's at, and you have an angel appearing, and he's telling her about future events. Now, she just wasn't going to have any son, right? It wasn't just going to be the baby next door. This is going to be a very special child. In fact, the angel says he's going to be great, and he's going to be called the son of the most son. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, which clearly she probably under, I, I say she understood. I'm, I'm quite certain she was well read in the Old Testament. And he will reign, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. So he's going to be a king of some sort. And he's going to sit on the throne of David. And the kingdom's going to be a little bit different. He's going to be a king of a different sort. And it's all kings, this one will not. But this king will reign over the throne and sit on the throne of David forever. Forever. The kingdom will never end and no, no end. So that's a lot of information. That's a lot of information for a young lady to try to process, right? It's a lot of information for me to try to process. She has a question that arises. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a person? So, with everything that Gabriel tells her, we have this question coming out. I'm not going to have a child since I have never known a man. The critical point in the exchange. Because we reached the point in the exchange between Mary and the angel that is very similar to the exchange between Zechariah and the same angel when he was in the temple. Very similar. So, because depending on how Mary answered or responds to what the angel tells her, she may or may not be able to talk going forward, right? Difference. And the, the devil's in the details, so to speak. 
how shall I know this? Zechariah asked. So we bounce back to report and look at Mary. How will this be? The response is quite different. Zechariah wants to know how he's going to know this. Mary is disappointed how it's going to take place. Zechariah is disappointed how it's going to take place. How will I know? You need to convince me because right now you don't believe me. How are you going to make me believe what you're telling me is true? That's not Mary's response. Mary is asking, I don't understand how it will take place. I understand that it will, but I don't know how. Can you, can you elaborate a little bit more? Can you give me a little bit more information on how it will play out? Trust and faith in Zechariah and the ability to trust and faith that Mary has. She didn't have any doubt in her mind at all that God could do this. Zechariah had a great deal of doubt in his mind of whether God could give he and him and Elizabeth a daughter or a son going forward. Because, as he said, I'm an old man. I'm old life advanced in years. So it was Zechariah's Unbelief or lack of faith that resulted in him not being able to talk going forward. Mary's response, as we've just seen, was different in many ways. So the angel then answers her. Remember the angel answering Zechariah, Why are you questioning me? I am the angel of God. I just came from the presence of God, and you're questioning if he has the power to do this. The response to Michael here, in this, or Gabriel, in this is much different. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, he called Holy, Son of God. And behold, the relative Elizabeth in her old age has also become son. And this is a simple one with her, who is called Mary. And nothing is impossible, or nothing will be impossible with God. So the angel is explaining to her how this is going to take place. She doesn't respond and say, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's not physically possible. We all know how children are conceived, and that's not happening here, so I'm just going to back it off. It seems to be Zechariah's response to the angel. That was clearly not embarrassing. And then he goes in and tells Mary about Elizabeth. And I have no doubt, being cousin, that Mary absolutely knew that Elizabeth couldn't have children. That she was barren. So this was a beautiful surprise for Mary as well. He tells her that, oh, by the way, your cousin Elizabeth is six months pregnant with a young child. And so I'm sure she remains astonished and inspired for that as well. And then he ends this passage. For nothing is impossible with God. He's still answering Mary's question of how the Lord take place. Understand what's happening moving forward. He wants her to understand that in fact, it's a miracle. In fact, it's two miracles. Not only the fact that she's going to conceive and give birth to the Savior, but her cousin Elizabeth has already conceived, who was barren prior to, has already conceived, and is now six months pregnant with Joseph. This leads the way, and she's 
Verse 38. The marriage of thoughts. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. The angel departed. Again, the marriage response of the marriage of Zechariah. The angel informs Zechariah of something miraculous going to happen. He's like, yeah. How can you make me believe it? How can you make me believe what you're going to do? And here we have Mary. Whatever he says, I am the servant of the Lord. Do to me whatever you will. I will serve you. So the angel then departed her. Use me for whatever God desires. This is what Mary was saying. So Mary goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth. And we see that here. She arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judea. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy don't tell me the children in the womb do, do not know what's going on outside of it. It's an amazing story. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, and John is sleeping in the womb of Mary, or of Elizabeth. And let's look at what Elizabeth explains. And she explains a loud cry Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is he granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Notice what Elizabeth asked him. Why is the mother of my Lord coming to visit me? And remember, Elizabeth wasn't privy in this information. She had no idea what was going on. She didn't pull up social media and see the Facebook account that Mary made that the Holy Spirit would not have come to did I have to put that way? Just like look, all that happened was Mary went to Elizabeth her home and greeted Elizabeth. That's it. She went to the hall, knocked on the door, she walked in and greeted Elizabeth. The baby John started jumping in the womb of Elizabeth.
And then we jump to a very beautiful section. And Mary actually song. Mary's song is called the Magnificat. And she glorifies God with this beautiful song. We went through this song in detail a few years ago. You know, Mary is dealing with a lot right now. And we don't really hear her complain. We never hear her complain about why. Because this doesn't go over well. We know the fact is God, but this doesn't go over well with Joseph, right? I don't hesitate to say it wouldn't go over anybody that's engaged. Not only is it not going to go over well with Joseph, but can you imagine the ridicule before this is going to happen? Everybody else around. Be the label going to be put on her? It's fine. It would have been very easy for Mary to say, well, God, why did you do me? It would be in this And my spirit rejoices in the name of God, my Savior. For he has put on the humble state of his servant. For behold, now all generations will be blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is below the spirit from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arms, he has scattered the power in the thoughts of the heart. And he has brought down the mighty from the thrones and exalted those upon his head. He has filled the hungry rivers and the rich he has set up in. He has held his servant in the universe. I spoke to my father, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. The mechanism for the song of marriage. Claims that she rejoices of the favor of God found in her to give her this opportunity that's no doubt going to bring with it a whole lot of suffering. It's going to end up with her standing at the foot of the cross and watching her son be crucified and killed. Nonetheless, she glorifies God in all ways. So Mary remains there about three months and she Now time came for Elizabeth to give birth and more son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him Zechariah. But his mother answered, No. He should be called John. And they said to her, No, the relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, he called her And he asked for a writing tablet and rose. His name And they all. So it's not when Elizabeth gave birth. We had when Mary got there, she was six months pregnant, Mary stayed three months, Mary then she gave birth, she had a son on the eighth day, as was tradition. The 
on the service side, so they have a huge fest, a huge gathering, a huge celebration. All the friends, neighbors, and relatives, they all come over for this joyous occasion. It was, it was a wonderful time. Everybody there wanted to name the new baby in Zechariah. Right? I mean, he was a miracle. Yeah, a couple of eight years of age, well beyond the time of being able to give birth and see a child. And we have a miraculous child on board. And so we're saying, it would be nice to be named after dad. Right? Dad Zechariah, name the child Zechariah. That's what all the people there want. We acknowledge that we've screwed up and we've denied it so many times in the past. We will not deny it. 
deny him. Christian God, we thank you for this beautiful baptism. We know more that Anticipate celebrating the birth of Jesus. We also celebrate the birth of John. We celebrate the miracle that you performed, Father, and the faith that was demonstrated by those around you. The faith of Mary, the faith of Zechariah, the faith of Elizabeth, the faith of Joseph, Lord, just be moving forward, Father. And Lord, we just see the testing that you gave of Zechariah, that you didn't give up on him, that you didn't leave him mute, that you came back around, that you gave him that opportunity again to believe you, to obey your commands, and when he obeyed your commands, Father, that you opened his mouth, you opened his tongue, you gave him the ability to talk again. And Lord, we pray that we won't continue to deny you in our lives as we move forward. Help us to give us the encouragement we need, Father, to glorify you, to obey your commands, 